Welcome on into the show. I'm Denny. He's Benny. We're on IG Live to kick this thing off. What's up, dude? He can't hear me. Okay. He can't hear me at all. No, I can now. I'm figuring this out. I have to <laughs> mute you on one of these. So I muted you on Instagram. I'm listening on Zoom. I, I, what the fuck do you do with this stuff? Well, Aren't so twitching too? How many social medias do for you full disclosure, on? my idea for today was twitching, but honestly, that's way beyond my depth. So if anybody out there is good at at the Twitch, I doubt it, but hey, hit us up at the TuneUp HQ, uh, the TuneUp Podcast at gmail.com. But Benny, what's good? The people want to hear from you. Well, now that I'm on Twitch, I got to ask the people the question. I thought I'm supposed to be in cosplay. If I'm on Twitch, dressed like Aeon Flux or uh, I don't know, like a ninja, like a sexy ninja turtle or something like that. Like, isn't this what happens on Twitch? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's part of it. I think our apparently they're called subs, like the people that are, are, are like your subscribers. So I, I don't know what that has oh, to say. You mean sub like that. Yeah. <laughs> you said Twitch to me, and I just went sexual. Twitch, sub, cosplay, it's all there. there. Isn't that where, like, the face tattoo guys, like, meet women and get money? I, I, I don't know what happens here, Danny. You're the one who's supposed <laughs> to fill me in. I'm pretty sure that's just Instagram, but hey, what do I know? All right, let's get into it. If you're on IG, you're not going to hear the music, but that's okay. Toto's a little overrated anyway. Let's get into this day in music history. So Danny, this one is fun and very near and dear to my heart because it's from New Jersey, okay? Oh, no. So, I think you took mine, but that's okay. On this day, September 8th, 1935. Oh, just A kidding. long time ago. This is 85 years ago, which is amazing to me. A group called the Hoboken Four, featuring a 19-year-old Frank Sinatra as lead singer, appeared on the Major Bose Amateur Hour on WOR Radio. Now, there is a previous group of Italian-American musicians called the Three Flashes. This was uh, Jimmy Skelly Petroselli, Patty Prince Principe, oh, and Freddie Tamby Tamburo. Okay? Those all sound this like hoagies. I know, I know, I know, I know. So these were three truck drivers who grew up on 6th Street in Hoboken together and sang and danced as a group. This is what tough people used to do back in the day. They used to doo-wop on the corner and warm up their hands over barrels and shit. So uh, they sang and danced as a group. They had a regular weekend gig at a place called the Rustic Cabin. Which oh, was a road. Yeah. <laughs> you know this place, it's still open? I'm well aware. They used to broadcast on WNEW. Wow. So yeah. it's, a, it's an actual a roadhouse on Route 9 in Alpine, New Jersey. And then in, uh, in 1934, Frank Sinatra met this crew. So uh, in 1935, they decided to try their hand on Major Bo's Amateur Hour, which broadcast from the Capitol Theater in New York City, where amateurs... Uh, people called in or wrote postcards to vote on who they wanted to win. They played two songs, Shine by the Mills Brothers and uh, Sinatra by himself played Night and Day by Cole Porter. They had 40,000 uh, entries and they won the Major Bose Amateur Hour broadcast. So they went back on the show a number of times and apparently fooled the audience by changing their name each time. <laughs> and listen to some of these names that they came up with. Jared, it's good to see you on here. 
because there's a Bayonne one. Uh, they called themselves, let's see here, the Secaucus Cockamamies, mm. okay? The Bayonne Bacalos, <laughs> the Jive Four, and the Jolly Jersey Gypsies of Song. <laughs> These are the good. fake names that they, that they would use to go win on the uh, Major Bose Amateur Hour. Um, so they went back a number of times and they won each time. Because they won, uh, Frank Sinatra and his new crew, the Hoboken Four, went on a seven-month tour of the U.S. and Canada with one of Major Bo's touring companies. Now, I guess he would put this together and sell people to, like, schools and, like, local, you know, farm events, wherever, and they would go and croon. Uh, I guess these guys weren't too ready for the road because apparently Frank Sinatra was beaten, beaten <laughs> by his bandmates. Now, remember, this isn't some – these are – Italian-American Hoboken truck drivers in the 1930s. I can't imagine what the fuck these guys were like. That means their parents were born in Italy in like 1901. So I don't know what, what style of guy we're talking about here, but apparently between Sinatra getting so many ladies and obviously having a step above the crew and him having a future, they were a little mad and they started beating him on the road. So uh, Sinatra, of course, quit halfway. Um, he went home, he went solo, and the Three Flashes disbanded. Now, Petroselli and Principe, the two other members, found jobs in Keensburg, New Jersey, and Tommy Tamboro went back to truck driving. So they should have been nicer to Frank, because maybe he would have put him in the Rat Pack or something, you know? Can you believe that? 85 years ago that happened. Yeah. That was crazy. That... Surprisingly enough, not in the Frank Sinatra documentary on Netflix. That's really good. But did you know that the building where he saw uh, Bing Crosby perform for the first time and was like, I could be that fucking guy, still up yeah. on, Washington, on Washington Street in Hoboken. So how about that? Man, I got to know, like, Frank Sinatra in that day, 19 years old, apparently was already in Hoboken. These guys said the reason Frankie was in the band was because he had a car. <laughs> and that was it because he was like handsome and had a car. I'm wondering how a 19-year-old Frank Sinatra already had a car and already had these things in Hoboken. What was Frankie up to back in the streets in Hoboken? Huh? I don't know. But now forever, I'll go to Hoboken and I'll get my Fiore sub with the smoked mozzarella and the rested peppers and the oil on the nice bread. And I'm going to think that one of the guys from the Hoboken Four is going to be the one cooking it for me for sure. <laughs> A seven-year-old pizza cook. Oh, my goodness gracious. Seventy? No, they'd be about 105 by now. Yeah, yeah. These guys, if they're still around, if let me, let me do these names again. Jimmy Skelly Petroselli, Patrick Patty Prince Principe, or Fred Freddy Tamby Tamboro. If any of them are still around, they're definitely working at a sub shop. No, you know what they are? What are they they're doing? that old man I always see stirring the sauce way in the back. He's too old for the front counter, you know? He can't handle the hustle and bustle of the front counter. But he's in the back. Or a slice of garlic thin like Goodfellas where it dissolves <laughs> in the pan, you know? That was going to be the name of this podcast, actually. Uh, the uh, slicely thinned... Uh, Not the Secaucus Cockamamies? Secaucus Cockamamies. Or the, or the, or the Jolly Jersey Gypsies of Song? Was, was the Jive for a potential name for Mercy Union? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't heard of this today. This is just like deep 
New Jersey history. I honestly, I didn't even know people were like playing music and playing music on the radio and doing this shit in 1935. It seems like before I even knew this stuff was happening, I connect the beginning of all this with like Little Richard and Buddy Holly and the stuff that happened in the 40s. And I forgot these crooner types were already at it, touring around, wearing their little suits back in the 30s, you know? Hey, Benny, on this day in 1990, let's keep it New Jersey. Let's just keep it New Jersey, okay? Bon Jovi went number one with Blaze of Glory from Young Guns uh, 2. Have you ever seen Young Guns? Are you kidding me? Have I ever seen Young <laughs> Guns? Like, I don't think it's... Did I not have... Have I not fascinated about chaps and guns oh. and six shooters? I mean, because of young guns. I think I that's why we're prime for Twitch. With Emilio Estevez oh. in the 80s, you know? <laughs> Hey, Benny, there's a brand new band I've been listening to. They just crossed my radar, and they're called Guardrail. They're Chicago's finest, and they're gearing up to release their new EP, Yikes, on September 25th on Open Your Ears Records. They've got a little bit of everything. They've got catchy melodies and witty hooks. Guardrail brings their own style of diet punk to your stereo. You know, they're not quite bad religion, but they're not some 41 either. Here's a clip of their new single, Till We're Dead. I've been listening to that one driving up and down the parkway this summer, going back and forth to the beach. If you like what you heard, you can head on over to oyerex.com. That's O-Y-E-R-E-C-S dot com to pre-order your copy of this album today. Guardrail, yikes, September 25th. Write that down on your calendars, ladies and gentlemen, courtesy of the good folks at Open Your Ears Records. Pre-order today. Hey, support good music, huh? First topic today, oh boy, I'm I'm wearing the Bucks hat. It was a close call. Uh, the, my Milwaukee Bucks are still alive, but that's not the important thing. I want to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. I want to talk about uh, his trajectory. And really and truly, before we get into any of this, I would just want to talk about how we, as a sports-consuming country, love to build people up and tear them down. And I think Giannis is persona non grata in that conversation right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're looking at a two-time MVP who uh, came awfully close last year and is essentially, yeah, you know how it goes. All of a sudden, the second you drop a series, every one of your deficiencies is the reason that you'll never succeed again. So it's exactly what's happening to Giannis right now. But I think the issue with it and the reason that it could be slightly true in this case is because of like sort of the deficiencies you're seeing not really in Giannis but to me the system now this is like a a unique talent in in what I think is the way of like a Shaquille O'Neal you know this is somebody who is like if he gets the ball cleanly in a certain point of the court He is an absolutely unstoppable force. He literally takes one step from the free throw line and is throwing him down. There's so few players who can even come close to the length and athleticism and girth that Giannis has. So when you see a team box him out of the paint, force the Bucs to go outside last season, and then you see it again 
creeping up this postseason. Uh, this isn't just conjecture of the modern NBA age. There's something going on there that's preventing him from taking the next step. You could call it roster. You could call it system. At this point, with the fact that I see so few in-game adjustments, you could call it coaching. So I think there's so much out there, and because of his obvious free agency situation, the small market dynamic of Milwaukee, uh, that we're not going to stop hearing about this until something does or does not happen. Yeah. And it's so interesting. You know, the front office is never going to get the blame here. The fact that they didn't put the team around him that you really yeah. quite frankly need to get to the finals. I mean, if, if you're going to tell me that you're going to go to the NBA finals and Chris Middleton's going to be your second best player, I'm a big bucks fan and I still don't believe it. But no. so I think, you got to look at John Horst as a guy who needs to take way more responsibility for this than he has. You know, in 2017, right. he was uh, executive of the year. But during his uh, his time, if you will, <coughs> with the Bucks, he's been a guy that hasn't exactly drafted well. You know, the person who made the move for Middleton, who drafted Giannis and drafted uh, Rookie of the Year Malcolm Brogdon, he's now in Orlando. So. Right. John Horst has been playing with house money for a long time, and I think he just went broke. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And with the snafus that have happened recently, particularly what you talk about with Brogdon, imagine a series right now with Brogdon. Oh, my gosh. Imagine a game manager. Imagine another shooter, a yeah. defender, a smart player, somebody who can make a play, find a cutter. Like, everything they need is what he offers. Now, the other thing about this situation is, now, in all your years of being a Milwaukee Bucks fan, right? Mm -hmm. What's the biggest free agent you've ever got? Greg Monroe. You're right. And <laughs> Greg Monroe was like a coup, yeah. right? Everyone's yeah. like, Greg Monroe is coming. <laughs> this means the dominoes are falling. People will come to Milwaukee now. Because of TV and internet, this is a, not a coastal league anymore. You don't have to go to L.A. or New York or these big markets. And it's not true. Yeah. Um, so, but the only thing that I think saves itself in this instance is the one thing none of us can answer, which is who exactly is Giannis and what exactly does he want? Now, the one thing that seems to me to bode well in Milwaukee's favor is just the way I read his personality lends itself to staying. He seems like that type of guy. He seems like a Kevin Garnett after his first contract in Minnesota, a loyalist, somebody who wants it, somebody who doesn't want to be like the other guys who, who made the jump and created the super teams. He seems to have kind of this old-school, small-town feel to him. And on top of that, Milwaukee's the only city he's ever known as an adult in the U.S. Not like he hasn't traveled, but like he was a, he was a young kid who came to Milwaukee and has basically grown up there and become, you know, someone in their mid twenties in that city. So that can also lend itself to someone who has a deep attachment or a feeling that they shouldn't abandon this place quite yet. And on top of that, it's not like they've had some long stretch of a lack of success. You know, this is a team that got really far last year before the bubble burst and the pandemic, you know, it was likely that the Bucks were going to end the season with the highest win total, coast through the, you know, the Eastern Conference before, you know, Miami 
sharpened its buzz saw, whatever's going on over there. But I think uh, all of those things about Giannis makes it feel to me that he's the type of guy who would stay, who would take the max and who would give it another few years. What do you think? Well, I think there's the other element that nobody's talking about is the fact that he now has a kid with a woman from Wisconsin. He, you mm. know, his family has uh, property there, you know, so they've really laid down their roots in that community. Now, his brothers are getting older. I think the youngest is going to play overseas next year. So the mom, you know, his dad tragically passed a few years ago. So that emptiness is going to hit really hard with Ooh. all of the kids out. Granted, there is a, a new baby with his partner and stuff like that. So there is that element. I, I really don't think people talk enough about that. But at the end of the day, if, yes, Giannis is, is a great guy, but he wants to be the best. He's not working in the offseason with Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett and sparing the rest of the league if he doesn't have that killer instinct. So at the end of the day, he's going to want those championships. And this is where the responsibility falls entirely on the front office and Mike Budenholzer. And quite frankly, you know, Coach Bud has done a great job, but he, it, it has now been two different stops where he is not a guy who makes in-game adjustments. Apparently they That's had right. this whole big adjustment uh, for the playoffs when they played Miami, and then they went down 3-0. So it's like everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And I quite frankly don't think, you know, if, if you're asking me who would I rather have as the coach of this team, Eric Spolster or Mike Budenholzer, it's not even close. He's not even yeah. in that conversation. So well, Alex Spolster is a, you know, borderline Hall of Fame right. coach at this point. So yeah. I'm not sure if the Bucks were to fire Mike Budenholzer, what direction mm. they would go. Would they go for a guy like Kevin Garnett, who's worked with Giannis a lot? You know, that seems to be the trend. If you're a great, you get the opportunity. I mean, nobody thought that Steve Nash was going to be the head coach of your Nets, and we'll get to that if you want in a little That's bit. That's a point guard thing, though. That You know their height is. They never give it to the big guys. <laughs> they never give it to the big guys. Right. Like at Ewing, you know? Yeah. Ewing kicked around for a million years. So, um, I mean, here's the thing, though, too, is – you know, everybody likes to throw these names out, but a lot of them don't make any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like everyone, you could talk all you want about the Lakers. Don't think it's going to happen. You could talk all you want about the Knicks. Don't think it's going to happen. Talk about the Warriors and Giannis's need to play there. But if you're the Bucks, are you taking back a sign-in trade with Andrew Wiggins or Draymond Green and no. a bunch of picks for Giannis? No, not in a thousand years. So unless you're willing to give up Steph Curry from that team. That's not happening. Yeah. The, the only ones that seem to make any, I mean, if you go on a heat Twitter right now, oh. um, <laughs> you know, was, I, I was on a site before called all you can heat. <laughs> and uh, they were saying that this SmackDown is the ultimate recruiting pitch for Giannis to come to Miami. Um, and, you know, but if you did a heat deal, if you actually traded next season, they'd have to give up too much. Yeah. The Heat are actually prepared to make a free agency offer, a max offer, without losing Butler or Bam. Yeah. Now, that's realistic, right? Like, if, if he gets through this season, if the Bucks falter again and he actually becomes a free agent, that's a, a, a landing spot that could happen. Toronto is a landing spot that could happen because they have the money – and they have some assets that are actually attractive to Giannis if he stayed there. But 
all of this is in the idea that Giannis actually plays through next season and the Bucks let him go without getting anything. So, you know, now we're in that classic tit for tat. Is, yeah. is he going to go LeBron James style and go to the bitter end and leave the city and the team guessing until like the last day? Or is he going to go like Carmelo Anthony? Is he going to go Anthony Davis? And is he going to make the Bucks aware that, hey, I'm going to leave. So why don't you go get something for me? Yeah. You know, that we could we could sit here and uh, speculate all day long. But these are the options that are in front of us. My instinct, personally, I get this feeling about Giannis that he's a guy who will stay. But I think he'll stay with caveats. And I think losing Bud might be one of them. And obviously, some form of a roster overhaul yeah. to get that guy uh, a little more athleticism, maybe a real point guard. I mean, I think the Bucks operate a little better when George Hill is on the floor. Yeah. But George Hill's not someone who can play 35, 40 minutes a night and be effective. So if they even got, uh, you know, a real uh, heady playmaking point guard and things like that, I could see this operating differently. But the concept that they've been running with that involves people like Brooke Lopez and Kyle Korver and stuff like that. It's just, this isn't going to work anymore. And it's not, it's not a uh, passing the playoff test and it needs to be abandoned. And I just have no idea who you get because if, I mean, you would have to trade Middleton, you would have to trade Lopez, but even if you trade those two guys and a first round pick, I still don't think you're getting anything like, another superman like like a devin booker no i mean i think all you're gonna get there is someone taking a chance on this bad salary being better than this bad salary but i think you're right that the pieces in place in milwaukee uh aren't going to yield much of a return and they do have their 2021 first round pick but Giannis is on the team that's not a very valuable pick so exactly um yeah yeah they don't have much to improve the roster next season well, that just brought me down a whole other level. Let's bring you back <laughs> up with some Dallas Life Stakes. So I think the NBA missed a real opportunity here to make money, to do other things. Why didn't we have bubble fans, right? You take like 100 people, some kind of, uh, you do it like college, you know, like a college entry, a, a short application <laughs> and like an essay right? Why you should be there and why it's worth it to you. And you take out one part of the hotel and you quarantine like a hundred of the biggest NBA fans that exist. People who obviously Don't either have, have no families or are <laughs> going to lose their families for deciding to go into the bubble quarantine, one or the other. But they should have quarantined a hundred hardcore fans, let them just get like piss drunk at every game have fun. This is like the bubble fan section. And it would have been this extra added, uh, you know, opportunity for entertainment and sort of turn the bubble into more of a Valhalla decadence, which I was hoping it would, you know, yeah. Lou Williams wet my palate. I thought, I thought we were going to get a lot more Lou Williams stories. <laughs> and these players have been all responsible and boring we needed these bubble fans to to shake up the dirt. 
I love that someone that's never listened to us before is going to hear you talk about like the uh, the players being boring and responsible and being like, yeah, that guy, make America great again. Yeah, fuck those guys. Be a patriot. I'm Go pretty- to the bubble. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it basketball related as well. Listen, Denny, it's all about freedom. You can say what you want, man. No, but I feel, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like we're keeping it, and I gave myself a few moments to stall while I kind of formulated this dollar slice take. So, Benny, I don't know if you saw this, but there has been a culinary challenge in the bubble by Uh-oh. one Mr. Jason Tatum. Is that right? He's trying to take over the LeBron James taco throne <gasps> by referring to himself as Taco Tatum. Wow. He's gone so far that he even has shoes that are tacos that have taco Tatum. Like like they're like Jordans wow. that like look like tacos. They look like cartoon tacos, the whole thing. Now what's the vibe? Is he cooking tacos or just eating tacos? He, he eats these like St. Louis ass tacos where it's just like like corn chips and, and cheese and it's like bro. Like get it, the fuck out of here. That's it, not a taco. Exactly. If if you go to his Instagram and look at it, it's like oh. okay, like this is like like a middle school cafeteria taco. But hey, I guess that's what they're cooking up in St. Louis. But that brings me to my dollar slice take. I think every at least superstar in the league should be assigned a food that is his for branding. So like you could have like Giannis Euro, James Harden's fried chicken. Lou Will all already has it with the lemon. Oh, yeah, he's got the wings. So. Yeah. You combine that, that opens up a million different opportunities. You may run out out of food. Here's my favorite, and I really just said this entire thing to set this up. Bam buns. Bam out of Bayou Bao buns. I'm here for it. (laughs) It's perfect branding. You're right. (laughs) Now, I really, I was hoping that you would tell me that Jason Tatum was ripping and cooking good tacos, because the one thing that always bothered me about LeBron's taco thing is like, a chef I, didn't makes believe, them? I never believed LeBron was cooking those tacos. Right. You know, so I don't think you should have such a pride in dinner unless you got your hands in the mix. You know, big boy over here, <laughs> me, I cook for my kids. I cook a lot for my kids. I've sweat over two meals already today. Oh, you man. Know? You're probably I bet, cooking more I bet than LeBron I can't, make, can't make daddy's homemade hash browns like I do. Come on now. <laughs> A hundred percent, Jason Tatum. Oh, I gotta Tatum. look up this taco that Tatum made. I'm grossed out. A hundred percent, Jason like, Tatum made this. Sounds taco. like me, like skateboarding in seventh grade. <laughs> I can't believe he does that. Goodness, grown ass man. Come on, get it together. All right, Benny. From one dollar slice take to another, R&B singer Akon is going ahead with his ambitious plan to build a futuristic city in Senegal that he says will be the real life version of Wakanda from the Black Panther movies. There's a couple more details on this. On Monday, Akon announced that he laid the first stone for, apparently he's calling it Akon City. But apparently he got 100 kilometers from Dakar? Dakar? Dakar. Dakar, I Dakar, uh, the country's capital city. And he said work will begin next year. A quote from the guy, We're looking at Akon City to become the beginning of Africa's future, he said at the ceremony also attended by Senegal's Minister of Tourism and other government officials. Steven Seagal's Minister <laughs> of Defense. Uh, Go on. You mean both of these guys, his pythons? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Our all idea right. is to build a futuristic city that incorporates all the latest technologies, cryptocurrencies, and also the future of how African society should become in the future. Benny, I'm just going to 
serve it up to you here. Is Akon trying to build a cult here? This is complicated, yeah. okay? So you sent me this story, and I'm like, at first, I'm like, all right, what is this? This is hilarious. <laughs> it's weird. But then I go onto the website, and it's pretty serious, okay? So in quotes, our idea is to build a futuristic city that incorporates all the latest technologies, cryptocurrencies, and also the future of how American society should become in the future. So they were literally gifted 2,000 acres, and it's a five-minute drive from their new international airport. Now, the most interesting thing about this is it's all going to be run, apparently, on a cryptocurrency called A-Coin. Oh, okay? come on. Yeah, 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 A-Coin, which is somehow, you know, the idea is to get away from the distrust of previous African financial institutions and also c potentially creating a currency that could be bigger than the currency that previously, uh, previously exists, therefore empowering the Africans who live in Akon City. Okay, decent idea. The only thing about it is it's somehow tied to people's cell phones, their cell phone minutes, and the cell phone companies saying that apparently people trust phone companies in Africa more than they trust financial institutions. The only issue with this is two-thirds of Senegal either does not have cell phones or cell phone service. So right off the bat, there is a uh, seems to be an elitist yeah. part of Akon City. He only wants rich people. We're not everybody's going to be welcome, okay? So besides for that, it sounded pretty cool. Wakanda's awesome. Yeah. But... The thing that this is, it feels like the fire festival of cities to me right now, okay? When I was on the web, I just saw the, the fire festival doc, right? They essentially sold thousands of these packages to people on nothing but a great website and the promise of whatever was going to happen there. And that is exactly what the website for Akon City looks like. Now, apparently he has $6 billion of his own money. I don't think using his auto-tuned voice netted him $6 billion. So I guess he got some backers or something along the way to throw up some money. But literally, uh, $6 billion would pay for, I'm no expert, 2% of what I saw on the website. I mean, it looks insane. It looks crazier than... Um, than anywhere uh, in Abu Dubai or, or <laughs> any of these places because these buildings are crazy. The things he's going to include in these buildings are crazy. One of which is the 68-story Akon Tower, four full production film studios. Uh, I think there were four 30-story residential complexes with all the bells and whistles, you know, essentially... Uh, you know, the paths going from building to building are interactive. So none of this is going to happen. Um, that's the thing that's kind of scaring me about all of it. Even listen to this, Denny, okay? Yeah. When you dig into the site and you dig into the residencies, this is, in quotes, from the website, what living there is going to be like, okay? Each single living unit is conceived of oh, a rare treasure a must-have for a high-society member. As a boutique building, it communicates a prestigious life, both from the inside and the outside. Discerning residents will choose these apartments for their visionary spaces, the luxury of being served by state-of-the-art and built-in interactive systems 
and the numerous superb facilities. What does that mean to you? Indentured servantry? It means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it means nothing. This whole site I looked through, I literally combed through the entire site. It's like basically looking at a science fiction novel of a beautiful futuristic city and the way it should look. And these are the descriptions for everything, which has it means nothing. These are like Derek Jeter post-game <laughs> answers of selling an apartment. So as much as I would love to go live in the 68-story Akon Tower, um, you know, or one of these six 30-story buildings that will be boutiques and visionary spaces, I just don't think it's going to happen. So I want people to look into it because the idea he had is grand and awesome in sort of a, you know, insane Howard Hughes kind of way. So I appreciate that ambition. I appreciate that thought. I appreciate the idea that you're going to empower people. I guess I just don't believe it's going to happen. But if it does, I'm fucking moving there because it sounds awesome. Listen, and I'm going to look right in the camera and Akon, like I know things are bad in this country right now. I know Trump's president. I know. You're talking to Akon right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right okay. in, right. You, me, and, and, and Akon are the only ones on the Zoom call right now. Gotcha. I know things are bad. I know Trump's president. I know uh, there's a lot of civil unrest in this country. Social justice, not exactly the best thing. Listen, we've seen a lot of rich people try to build their own cities before. Howard Hughes, Walt Disney. None of them have done it. And I don't know where you got the $6 billion from. I don't really care. But this kind of seems like you're kind of taking someone else's land, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the very thing people criticize America about. So you got to go over there, take African land that isn't exactly yours, even though you've been gifted it. I bet you there's a lot of people in history that has said that they've been gifted land. Sure, yeah. $6 billion. Yeah. That, that's all, all you're going to start this with. Anyway, Akon, you know, just vote in November. You can go back <laughs> to your beach uh, house, uh, palace in Malibu. And you can record, I don't know, maybe The Lonely Island will come out with an, an, another record sometime soon and you can sing on that. But Akon City, I'm not buying it. Yeah. And you know what else? It's like the whole, the whole thing. The whole thing is antithetical to the spirit of Wakanda. You know yeah. why? Me or you would never know about Wakanda. Yeah. We're not going to sit here in America to you know, white guys in America <laughs> and know about Wakanda before it's even yeah. built. That's not the spirit of Wakanda. I've seen that film. Yeah. It needs to be hidden. Is Akon, Akon? stop with the press releases. Take your <laughs> $6 billion, build the thing, invite whoever you want, build a big wall around it, or whatever that freaky invisible bubble was that the Wakandans <laughs> had. That's the way to do it. Come on, man. You're talking too much. Is Akon a colonizer? Coming up! <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no! <laughs> All right. Well, you can write in your answer at the tuneup podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram at the tuneup HQ. Just went live for this episode today. If you missed it, check it out. It's up there. Uh, the tuneup on Twitch. We're trying to get that started. God knows how well this is going to go, but I'm trying every single day. If you know anything about that, feel free to hit us up on any of the social platforms. Help us, help you. If you want to get in touch with the big man, he is at Benny Horowitz. One. Number one in your mind, number one in your hearts, number one on Twitter. I'm at Danny underscore Gallagher. Benny, got anything else? I think it's funny that we only talked about 
New Jersey, Milwaukee, and Wakanda, and the theoretical <laughs> Akon City today. Man, we gotta we gotta get to Miami. We gotta get to LA. We're, we're choosing the wrong places, Denny. Oh man. Well, hey, that's that's what the NBA wants you to think. Couple guys who look like us. We're stuck in Milwaukee, pal. You've been listening to the Tune Up. <laughs> Thank you so much for checking out the tune-up this week. Uh, If you want to support this podcast, support the people that support us, our friends over at Open Your Ears Records, and their new band, Guardrail. They're Chicago's finest, and they're gearing up to release their new EP, Yikes, on September 25th. Hey, support good music, huh? They've got a little bit of everything. They've got catchy melodies and witty hooks. Guardrail brings their own style of diet punk to your stereo. You know, they're not quite bad religion, but they're not some 41 either. Here's a clip of their new single, Till We're Dead. I've been listening to that one driving up and down the parkway this summer, going back and forth to the beach. If you like what you heard, you can head on over to oyerex.com. That's O-Y-E-R-E-C-S dot com. Guardrail, yikes, September 25th. Write that down on your calendars, ladies and gentlemen, courtesy of the good folks at Open Your Ears Records. Pre-order today.